I'm Susie Landolfi, and welcome to Be Crazy Well. Now, why would a therapist say that? Because we all have mental health struggles, even therapists. The good news is we have so much more information about how we can be crazy well. On my podcast, we don't focus on what's wrong with us. We want to know what happened to us. We're going to explore how trauma affected us, both negatively and positively. That's right. I said positively. It's called post-traumatic growth, and it's a real thing. Be Crazy Well will share mental health wellness practices, the newest mental health research, and most importantly, how we all get to create the person we deserve to be and the life we deserve to live. So join the mental health evolution and be crazy well. Hi, Susie Landolfi here on Be Crazy Well. And I wanted to share something with you that I was noticing that I do, I've done for a long time, and I think we all do it. And I'm wondering whether or not it's working. That's sort of how I look at life. Is what I'm doing actually working? Is it effective? Maybe I think it is, maybe it's not. So here's one of the things I do. I constantly ask people, how are you doing? And I ask that all the time. And I realized that I never ask, how are you being? Actually, you know, after all, we're called human beings. And maybe because it's easier, this is true for me, to be a human doing than a human being. Or maybe we say, how are you doing? Because it's really hard to be. It's hard to be present. It's hard to be kind. It's hard to be patient. And it's really hard to be okay. And it's even difficult to be okay with not being okay. And I think the other reason is because we all know that we have to do different in order to be different. I've said that before. It's really important that we understand that we're our own best resource. So maybe we can't say, how are you being today? That's probably not going to happen or, or, or be part of our greeting. Um, but what if we could say, how are you doing differently today? Like, what if we could do that? What if that's a part of our doing differently? So one of the things that, uh, I know that coming home well does really well. And that's providing information for resources. And working in the veteran world, uh, as long as I have, I was online yesterday looking for resources, finding out what there is out there to help veterans and veteran families. And I kept finding lists and some of them are pretty extensive and some of them not so much. And I realized that I hope we're not setting people up. And what I mean by that is there are some great resources out there and there are some resources that maybe won't work for you. And is the format of the resource 
actually effective. And what I mean by that is one of this uh, cultural things that we have here uh, in our uh, country and community is if a little is good, a lot is better. If something is small and effective, then maybe bigger is better. And I was concerned that many of our veteran resources have become very large monolithic organizations. And the idea, and I think the, the way of being and doing that happens for them is a real passion for wanting to help more people. And I realized that if that is the concern and that is the mission, wouldn't it make sense to make sure that we're helping people well instead of helping more less effectively? And I say that because I care too about all the organizations that I work with. Are we being effective or are the numbers more important than the quality? Because here's something I know about the veteran community. I know that peer-to-peer support is probably, and in many ways, the most effective support in this community. That's what I've experienced. And I'm not even a peer. I am a civilian. I did not serve in the military. Well, what you taught me was that joining the military the most important part, and it may be to serve your country, I'm actually realizing and seeing and hearing all the time that you wanted to serve each other as well. That your brothers and sisters, the person to the left and right of you, was just as important, if not more important at times, than serving the greater community and serving the country. And if that's true, and that's the passion and the mission that you have lived for and some people have died for, wouldn't it make sense that we question the organizations that are providing resources to make sure that you are your own best resource, that we help you just like in the military to become your best protector and supporter, that we make sure that you are connected to other Uh, military men and women, to help one another. I actually, as a licensed therapist, see myself as second or third line. That's the other thing that you taught me, is that there's lines of defense and lines of protection and lines of support. And honestly, as smart as I am and as good as what I do, I will never be as effective as you are toward one another. I know it because I've seen it and I've experienced it for many years now. So I'm concerned that sometimes we give out resources to veteran families and we assume that that resource is going to work. We assume that it's effective and we assume that you're going to be able to access it and get what you need. Now, if 30, 25 to about 30% of all veterans go into the military from ineffective families, that's a nice way of putting it. So if families are struggling 
And you as a 16, 17, 18-year-old young man or woman is struggling and has been struggling in a family for that many years. Man, being able to go to the military and find purpose and value and structure and rules and regulations and value uh, and, and even three meals a day and the ability to be able to know that you're working for an effective functioning, not always perfect, organization would be very, very helpful and almost healing in many ways. So now my concern is when you come out of the military and you are looking for resources from a community that you haven't lived in for a while and maybe from a community that didn't serve you, starting with your family and then maybe even the school system and whatever else uh, and whomever else in your community, I think it would be very hard. It would be for me to trust and reach out for support and help. So that's why this idea of peer-to-peer support seems more effective and I would say probably more comfortable to access. And I would like to think that if we can help you in any way it's to actually remind you that you are your own best resource. You always have been. And I don't mean that you have to find every answer for yourself. You have to fix every problem for yourself. That's far from it. In fact, I believe that vulnerability and asking for help is one of the greatest strengths we have. And I had to learn it. I had to practice it. I was absolutely incapable of asking for help because in my childhood, there wasn't any. I was the help for me. So I really realized that I didn't trust asking people who said they cared for me. I didn't trust asking them for help. First of all, they were incapable. They were struggling themselves. And secondly, I didn't want to be disappointed anymore. So I think about that and I think about as you are creating a life here in the non-military civilian world, how difficult it can be and oftentimes is to reach out and ask for support. And then if you finally do, what if that support and that resource is not effective, is too large? It takes too much time. There are so many regulations and applications and ways that you need to comply in order to get the help. I'm wondering if we couldn't do better and we couldn't ask ourselves, what is it that I can do differently in order to be different? So I would like to consider that we, when we go and ask for help and when we reach out to a resource, could we become their partner, not just the passive receiver of the help? My experience with military men and women is that there is anything passive about you. Not at all. You're doers. So maybe that's why we can say, how are you doing? Because that's my experience of you. You are doers. You went into the military to do, not just to be. And back here, or I should say here, because it's not even back. Sometimes it's right next to 
in the civilian world, that's not always the case. Oftentimes we're looking for people to do for us. So there's a huge disconnect that I think we need to take a look at. And I can't promise you that all the veteran service organizations are going to be able to change or understand this disconnect, this contradiction, this struggle. And they're going to provide the resources that they can the way that they know how. And they may not be able to change or think about how can we do differently for the people we're serving. So I would like to ask you to think about how can you be your own best resource and advocate for the help you deserve. Now, one thing that I hope I never do once a month, maybe I slip. I never say you need help or you need therapy. I always say you deserve it because I really believe that. I believe that everybody deserves it. I also know that not everybody can access that deserving way of being, that their thoughts and feelings are far from believing that they are deserving. And that again goes back to childhood, how we are treated. Are we treated as if we deserve kindness, respect, and care and help? Where we treated and, and trained to understand that asking for help and providing some of your own help and working with the helper is actually a strength. It's a superpower more than even just a strength. So I would love us to think about going into a resource, a service organization, and be as proactive, as clear, as uh, forthright as we can about what it is that we need and how we need it. What is the resource that you need? What is the new training that you deserve? And how will you help and be an active team member in your own change and in your own help? So I know it's you can't go and go, and I deserve this. <laughs> I get that. And you will have to use the word need. I understand that as well. What I'm asking is that you actually consider that internally in your own thoughts and feelings that you practice, that you deserve to change, you deserve help, you deserve to find other ways of providing physical, emotional, intellectual, spiritual, and financial well-being for yourself and your families. So the practice would be write it down. Know exactly what it is that you want and that you would like to learn or practice in order to go from point A to point B. Oh, that sounds like a planning mission. That sounds like something you would do in the military, that the mission is to do X. And in order for that to be successful, I deserve, I need to do Y, Z, B, and A. And if I don't know how to do Y, Z, B, and A, I get to go to someone and find out if they know how and have them train me. So what does that mean? That means that we have to do different to get different, that we have to actively participate in our own resource 
management. I know that there was a time in my life where everything fell apart. I mean everything. And I was sitting on the edge of a bed in my girlfriend's house. And it was a huge wake-up call that all the trauma that I had survived, not thrived, but survived and coped with, and I obviously don't believe in coping. I believe in thriving and changing. Uh, that in order for me to be able to create the person I deserve to be in the life I deserve to live, I had to access help. I needed other people who had gone through this that had figured out some of the things that worked for them and helped me brainstorm, not telling me just what to do, but actually brainstorming with me so that we could figure out what were my own personal resources? What was I good at? What were the superpowers? Because sometimes during those dark days, I believed I didn't have any, any resources, uh, personal resources, no superpowers. Uh, I was so down on me. I was so convinced that number one, I was broken, and number two, that I'd never get up. And obviously, that's not true. It's not true for all of us. Only if we continue to believe it and support it. So I can remember uh, trying to learn and practice asking for help, and I was given a list of names to call. And I refused. I was going to struggle myself. I wasn't going to ask. I was terrified. I was sad. I was embarrassed. I mean, you name it, I felt it. And I was not going to call anybody on that list. And then, of course, my higher self, the, the little bit of my mind that was still working clearly said, well, then, you know, you're not necessarily going to create the person you deserve to be if you don't do differently. So why don't you do what you don't want to do, or you don't think you want to do, or you're afraid to do? So I started to call names on that list, and it took everything I had to uh, call the first number at the top of the list. And as the universe would have it, that has a great sense of humor, uh, they didn't answer. <laughs> Threw the list down, I said, I knew it! I knew that once I would like finally asked for help, they wouldn't be there. Of course, that's my childhood. So that was going to confirm that I didn't deserve the help and that it wasn't going to be there anyway. And then I got more irritated. And for all of you that listen to this podcast, you know that irritation, frustration, anger, rage, and murder are all levels of uh, fear and sadness. The only way we ever have anger is through fear and sadness. So my fear and sadness was great at that moment because of my past, uh, my family not being able to give me the help uh, because of their struggle. So I said, I'm going to call every number on this list until someone picks up, which was actually one of the smartest thoughts I had. So I started to call. I think I got, if I remember correctly, to maybe number eight on the list. And finally, someone answered. And I started to cry. And I will never and nor do I ever want to forget that moment. And they were so kind. They were a peer. They were someone who had been where I was at that moment, that had gone through uh, childhood trauma, how it affected us and affected me and, and them, and then what they did. Now, what they did didn't necessarily fit everything 
that I needed to do. That wasn't the point and that I deserve to do. It's the fact that they did differently, that they started to do and be their own resource seeker. So they started to seek out the resources and then they started to practice and use them. And the ones that were not helpful, they, they didn't use. They didn't get resentful. They didn't say, okay, never mind. I'm never going to call again. I knew it wasn't going to work. I knew they wouldn't help. They just went and found and kept searching until that resource showed up in a way that could help them. And most of the time it was that peer-to-peer support. And I did the same thing. I was going to call every person on that list until someone picked up the phone because that's what they promised. And it worked. It worked for me. And it was probably best that they didn't answer. The first seven people didn't answer because I needed the practice. I deserved the practice of asking for help and then being patient enough to accept it and wait for it to show up. So I wanted to share that with you today because Coming Home Well does such a great job of providing podcasts that give resources all the time. And I thought, well, I just don't want to set anybody up to think that every resource is going to be there when you need it, the way that you need it, the way that you deserve it, the way that you want it. Um, And that some of them are struggling themselves with how to provide the resource and how to even manage, manage themselves and manage their own resource. So let's be our own best resource, our own best supporter. Let's be the the head of the mission for us. And if you can't, if at this point in your life, you can't pick up that phone and make that phone call, I guarantee you that someone you served with will make that call for you. That some peer will do that with you, will go with you to that resource. I have seen that over and over and over again. And I'm not saying that your spouse won't or your, you know, your family won't. I'm telling you that I know that this peer-to-peer support is real and it's effective and it works. And I'm a huge supporter and I'm happy to be second, third, or fourth on the list of support. I'm honored to not be the first line of support. Um, I want you to know that there is a wonderful peer-to-peer support organization out there that I work with called Merging Vets and Players. We put combat veterans together with uh, professional athletes. And uh, it's true, I've probably never worked with a group so uh, resistant to asking for help. Uh, I will tell you this, they are the best at peer-to-peer support. They know how to be on a team. They know that they can't play the game or the mission uh, by themselves. So I've been a real advocate and uh, I have really been so honored to participate in a very effective and uh, dedicated peer-to-peer support and resource. All right, that's it for today. Uh, Be crazy well ask for help, be your own uh, resource. I'm going to ask, how are you being? Because I hope that you understand that we are human beings, that we get to just be. We don't always have to do. And yet if we are going to do, let's do differently. 
because that's how we change. And by the way, if you find something to do or the way to be or a way of doing that works, keep doing that. Like Find that and then share that. And it will work for some people. Maybe it won't work for others. And and share and be your best self. Oh, that's uh, that's the theme song by Calvin Love. Be your best self. So have a great week, and I'll see you next week. Be crazy well. Love.